Hello, my name is Claire and you are listening to the Hypno Birthing Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to the podcast. I hope that everyone is doing well. Today's episode is really exciting. I was joined by Anna Martha and for anyone who isn't aware of who she is, she is a psychotherapist but she does lots and lots of work in um, for mums and new mums, motherhood. She's written a couple of books already. She has a new book coming out and she's kind of, I mean, she explains at the beginning of the episodes about what she does. So I won't repeat it too much, but she, her aim is kind of to take therapy out of the therapy room and make it much more accessible to people. Um, and so that's what she's doing. And she has a podcast, she has some books, she's very prevalent on social media. She has got a new book out called The Little Book of Calm for New Mums. It's very relevant for new mums, but it's also really relevant for if you have older children as well. I've been lucky enough to read some of the book already and I found it useful for um, my two. They're five and three, so I still found it incredibly useful. So we had a chat about a bit about the book and we talked about emotions that come with being a a parent and particularly a new parent as well Um, and we talked a bit about how it's best to navigate our way through those emotions and how to stop comparing ourselves to others and to basically give ourselves a little bit of a break and let us know it's okay to feel human so without further ado I will play the episode now Hello, Anna. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. If you'd like to introduce yourself to any of my listeners who don't know who you are. Yeah, well, it's great to be here. Thank you so much, Claire. I've absolutely loved listening to your podcast. And I was saying just before we hit record that I love metaphors. As a therapist, I use them a lot and I love the ones that you share. So I'm Anna. I'm a psychotherapist. I am a mum of three and I am really passionate about taking therapy out of the therapy room um, because it's not therapy. I mean, in an ideal world, everyone would have a wonderful therapist. They could go and download every single week and just kind of whether it's ranting or untangling things or getting some clarity. And it's a real privilege that, you know, a lot of us don't have time or money for. There are so many barriers to it. So I I think having worked with mums for so many years, I've realized there are so many different themes um, that we often end up covering in therapy. So my passion is to bring people the tools and the insight and the knowledge and the things that they can use to help themselves untangle things, get some clarity and support. Yeah, ways to support themselves in the moments they need it most. So that's what I love doing. I do that through writing books. I've got a podcast called The Therapy Edit. I do videos, do bits, TV, radio, whatever, any way to get the message out there to help us all be a little bit more compassionate towards ourselves. I think that's my main my main one really yeah so it's great to be here with you thanks for having me thank you no it's lovely and I followed you for quite a while on social media you are I love the kind of little reels that you do and things like that on social media because they're so like bite-sized and I feel like it's so helpful just those tiny little bits of advice or ways of kind of reframing your day and things like that is so helpful for people that are busy like mums are typically very busy people so it's yeah it's ideal for that as well I love that so you have a new book out mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about the book why you decided to write it okay so I've written two other books along the way kind of longer books one on 
postnatal anxiety called mind over mother and then another one on kind of confidence and self-esteem called know your worth um so those two had kind of been done and out and this one's really different. So it was like a Wednesday afternoon. I was cooking the kids tea. So I've got three kids. They're currently age. They, their ages keep changing. So I always have to think about this one. They tend to do that, don't they? I know. It's so frustrating. <laughs> I get my head around one one set of ages and then I'm going to change it again. So three, five and seven. Uh-huh. And they were sat there and it was it was one of those kind of really chaotic afternoons where you're feeling really depleted. I was you know, I was tired, they were tired and grumpy. And I was there kind of cooking dinner and just feeling like I just overwhelmed and tearful. And like, how am I going to make it through the next few hours of getting them all in bed and tidying up and doing all of that stuff? Now there is all like school reading and different bits and pieces we have to tick off. Um, And I remember just standing there stirring whatever it was I was making and thinking, I just wish someone could step in right now and mother me. You know, those moments yeah. where like, I need to be mothered. I just yeah. want, and it might be your mum if you've got a lovely relationship with her. It might be a, a friend that comes to mind or a grandparent or someone in your life who is so nurturing and kind yeah. and grounding. And I just, I felt tearful and I was like, I just, I just want someone to sweep in and say the things that I need to hear, not necessarily fix anything, but just understand and know how I'm feeling. And in that moment, I had that idea of, wouldn't it be wonderful if I could, write some words kind of using my both my experience as a mum and my professional knowledge to provide mums with a little book to flick to an emotion they're feeling whether it's kind of like overwhelm irritability hormonal baby blues anxious there are so many different emotions that you know sometimes when I'm in it I just want some wisdom or some clarity or like a metaphorical hand on my shoulder or a hug yeah. So that's that's really how it came about. And I um I messaged my lovely management company and I was like, I've got this idea and I wanted to start it then and there. And they they really got it. So that's really how that book was born out of that moment on a Wednesday afternoon where I wanted to cry. I love that. Yeah. And so it's aimed mainly at new mums, right? But I guess it's relevant for those with older children as well. I I was lucky enough I got sent a few pages from it just to have a read of and so I have have a three-year-old and a five-year-old as well so um I was finding myself reading some of the parts thinking god this is like so helpful and relevant to me with older children but I can imagine how incredibly helpful it must be for new mums and not just first-time mums either like new mums of second time or third time or full-time babies as well because a lot of the time you don't always know what you're doing and you might not have a friend that's had a baby yet um, and you, yeah, like you said, you might not have that person that can come and say, it's okay, this is normal, like this is, you know, what you need to do. So yeah, it's lovely to have that kind of support. You said it's like a kind of friend. That you yeah, can, that was, you that's my real hope is that um, I've got a big blue sofa that when I see clients kind of in the flesh, which I don't do quite so much at the moment, you know, they sit on there and I just, I think like, what are those words that we need to hear as if someone was sitting on the sofa next to us and they just really cared. And I was talking to someone the other day with an 18 and a 22 year old and they'd read the little PDF copy that my uh, publisher sent out and said that it was so relevant to them. And I think, you know, each time I've had a baby, I've had to learn a different way of parenting. Yeah. Because they're all different, them. aren't they? They're all yeah. different children. Yeah. 
but I yeah. have to be a different mother to each of them and I think that was really surprising to me my first yeah. one was so straightforward I honestly I thought that was all down to me and that I'd nailed it so I was like I have <laughs> I've I figured out the blueprint do you know what my, mine is the same my eldest is like the easiest child yeah and then yeah. the second is I'm like what this yeah is not how you're supposed this, to behave. this doesn't work it was meant yeah. to work this is meant to work for any child I ever yeah. came into contact with but now I've had to learn how to be a different mother to each one so yeah whether it's your first baby or your there's a woman down the road with 11 um I'm sure oh <laughs> she's probably got a few things to teach me to be honest um, <laughs> <Wow>. but <laughs> I know wow um but yes it will have words in there that will help so for new mums so obviously the majority of people that listen to this podcast are going to be pregnant so they're mm-hmm. going to be looking towards that first those first kind of few months um I talk about the fourth trimester on this podcast and uh, kind of doing courses and things like that. And, you know, those first few months are so emotional and overwhelming and, you know, often just surprising how emotional we feel. What, why is it so surprising? Like, why do, why is it such a shock to us basically that it's, that it's like that? Yeah. I think there's a few different things. I think, the first thing is that we are so, so many of us, myself included, are so, we like to feel like we're in control. Um, we like, we're creatures of habit and routine. So we kind of know our lives. We often know the rhythm of our days. We, um, if we have needs and we feel able to meet them, we often, you know, we, we can do that. Um, we might have a little balance of kind of socializing and working and and all of those things and life feels very known to us generally and then I think when we have a baby and and also we can be quite self-sufficient so we can kind of sort ourselves out you know many of us really struggle with asking and accepting help from other people Um, and before we have babies we can kind of muddle along like that generally you know unless we kind of hit some big mental health challenge or kind of life crisis we can kind of yeah be our own help you know we can sort ourselves out yeah and we might be one of those people that really loves being there for others but so often we find it hard to let others be there for us and we can kind of get away with that and then I think when we have a baby and everything changes you know those those kind of mechanisms that we lived by they're just really challenged you know we're creatures of routine and we might try and maintain that pre-baby that's that's we can just about do that but post baby you know suddenly there's this whole another element of our lives that that we can't control you know we can put things in place but ultimately they're their own little being and they have their own needs and it's you know if we find it hard to ask for and accept support suddenly we need it more when we're new mums you know we need it we need other people and I think this is what I really struggled with was letting other people support me um, so I, I always say to mums that, uh, that are expecting, I say, start that now, like practice it now. Literally, if someone comes over to your house and, you know, l- let them go make a cup of tea. Yeah. You know, if they say, can I do anything to help? You're like, actually, can you stick the kettle on? And I'm like, oh, I just want to flop on the sofa. Or yeah. if they if they offer, you know, anything, maybe they're offering to kind of just take your older one, you know, if you have an older child for an hour so that you can just tick some things off a list or or just lie down for a minute and everything in you might normally say oh don't don't worry about that it's fine um you know what would it be like to start challenging yourself 
to sit with any feelings of guilt that you might feel any feelings of you know often we get feelings of like oh my gosh I feel so bad or I feel I'm worried about being a burden you know just sit with those and start letting it happen because it starts rewriting the narrative before you have your baby that letting others support you is it's a really amazing and important aspect of relationship yeah. that 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 later on when you're feeling exhausted when you might be feeling a bit overwhelmed or emotional then when someone offers to help in whatever way it will hopefully be- start becoming a little easier and feel a bit more familiar to say you know what actually that would be that would be yeah. great because we're so often givers and you know often when when you've got a new baby that is your time to receive from others because you're giving everything of yourself navigating this time so start getting used to that challenge yourself if it's uncomfortable lean into it push into it and even say to that friend or family member do you know what everything in me wants to say no it's fine don't make me I'll get the tea but I'm just really trying to accept people's kindness because I think I need that to feel more comfortable for me later on yeah so start that journey now and I think as well people want to help genuinely people want to help So if you are asking for that help, I know it's part of us to feel like we don't want to be a burden and we don't want to look like we can't cope and all of these different things. But genuinely, I think people do. If if somebody asked me to, oh, can you, yeah, could you stick the kettle on? Can you clean the bathroom or something? If they've just had a baby, I'd be like, of course, I would absolutely do that. Um, So it's about, yeah, I guess, allowing yourself to have that a sense of vulnerability I suppose it is yeah it it is that isn't it and it's starting to recognize and this again can be so uncomfortable for people it's starting to recognize that you need other people like we need each other we really need each other and you know if we think back generations ago that it was motherhood was you know it wasn't just one person mothering it was so and in some cultures you wouldn't looking on groups of families you wouldn't even know whose kids are whose because they're all just stepping in and you know we're unusual I think in our culture that we are living in our own little islands sometimes in our home you know there have been times when I have lived I am my own island in my own home where even my husband's offered to help me and I've been like no no it's fine it's my job it's my job you know and actually where does that get us it often gets us feeling alone overwhelmed and misunderstood and if we can start challenging that before we have a baby this is a skill for life this is going to benefit you for the rest of your life it's changed mine yeah yeah so what's one of the reasons do you think that we don't you know I mean if more people if more mums talked about the fact that it is hard and that you know these challenges come up it may feel a bit less shocking for new first-time mums. Why don't we do that? Is it because we need to feel like we have everything together? We don't want to look like we can't cope. Yeah, I think so. I think there is that real kind of 2D-ness to emotion as if, you know, we have a baby and then we expect that we are so in love. And, you know, everyone has different journeys to motherhood. So it could have been a really long, hard journey much desired it could have been really costly in so many different ways of so many different resources it could be you know and then you kind of get there and you've got everything that you ever wanted and dreamed of 
So there's, I think we place this really heavy expectation on ourselves that we would never feel resentful, never miss our old lives, never, you know, dream of those lions, never just want to walk out the house because it's too much, never, you know, resent, find it hard getting up in the middle of the night when you, you know, it's almost like our gratitude and our love and our privilege should be enough to never feel those feelings again. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's just the biggest pressure to put ourselves under because it means that if we feel angry or frustrated or misunderstood or lonely or whatever it is, we're then, you know, we're, we're looking at that emotion and and shaming ourselves for it and thinking I should be grateful. You know, and, and love is never going to be enough to wipe out half a spectrum of human emotion. And I think, you know, this is intensified by, you know, there's gratitude is like the most amazing tool. Honestly, it's a very powerful tool to recognize the things that you're grateful for. It brings balance to hard days and difficult situations, but we often use it to kind of beat ourselves over the backside with it. We should you know, be like, grateful. We should be yeah. grateful. And we do it to each other, you know, mm. like, oh well, my gosh, I'm so exhausted. Well, you're just so lucky. You know, think yeah. about how lucky you are. And yeah. We do it to each other and we do it to ourselves. There is always going to be someone having a harder time than we are or a better time than we are. But it's just about validating our own emotion. I think if we found it easier to do that and to allow each other to feel, then there wouldn't be so much. I think think motherhood, not saying it wouldn't be as hard, but I think sometimes the hardness about it is that we feel like we're walking a tightrope of what we can feel and what we should feel. And it's that pressure. You know, if we could yeah. just flop on someone's sofa and be like, oh my gosh, I am missing the lions right now. Or I am missing being able to talk a full sentence to my partner in the evening and not just grunt like, oh, yeah. why are you talking to me? Do you not know? Because <laughs> sit at the end of the, end of the sofa, you know, and I think we just need to be able to be more open with each other and we can definitely cultivate those relationships and that definitely helps it's funny isn't it because I have um I've you know a, a few close friends that all have children and we're very open I guess in in terms of God, like having a really hard day and um you know I'm I'm completely broken by just kind of carrying on but we still even though we're very honest with our emotions in that sense we always tend to caveat it with mm. I mean you know of course like I love you know it's great having kids I'm so we're so lucky but yeah I feel like this we always yeah. I feel like there's always a part of you that if you're gonna have a, a whinge or like a moan about something that's happened you feel like you have to justify it first by saying oh, I know I know that like kids are such a gift like I'm so yeah. I'm so lucky but I feel like this and as you were saying it's not those two things don't have to exist in the same in the yeah. same world do that you can be yeah. of course you know it goes without saying that everybody loves their kids and we feel grateful and happy for our kids we don't have to say it we're allowed to just yeah be, be broken by something one yeah, day absolutely and wouldn't it be amazing if we just made this kind of collective like sign this petition that we would all just assume that each other love their yeah. kids and we're grateful <laughs> and let's draw a line under that we don't yeah. have to say it every time. Yeah, I was thinking the other day of like a marathon runner and you know, I've never run a marathon. My husband did once years ago and it, it the, the training is all consuming. 
you know, it affects social life, it affects your weekends, it affects what you eat, what time you get to bed. And quite frankly, you know, it's, it's all, it's all consuming and, and also sometimes quite annoying as a partner. Yes. My, um, my husband runs marathons. Yeah, so yeah, well, yes, you can, you get that. And, <laughs> and, you know, would we, if, if, if someone doing training for a big sporting event came home was like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. You know, would we really say to them, well, why are you bothering then? You don't have to do this. Just don't do it then. Just don't yeah. do it. If it's, if it's hard, don't do it. But the reason they're doing it is for a bigger purpose. It's because of what it gives them. It's because it can feel life affirming. It can feel, you know, it can build up kind of resilience and it, there are so many positives to it, but it is hard. Yeah. And I think it's the same with, with motherhood, you know, we are doing it for a bigger reason, but we are always going to have human responses to what's going on in front of us. Yeah. Just because something is hard doesn't mean that ultimately it is not good. And we do not, we do not want it. Yeah. I like, uh, it's you that says it <clears throat> feel, it feels hard because it is hard. And it's yeah. so true. Like it feels, it's okay. If it feels hard, it is hard. You're raising human beings. It's, it's hard. And it's okay if it feels hard. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. And the less we shame ourselves and the less we kind of push that gratitude on each other, even though that underline, you know, that that underline is love, you know, the, the more alone we're going to feel and the more alone we feel, the harder it is to be vulnerable and honest with people. And then that's when we kind of, you know, put up another barrier on our little island of motherhood of one. And and that that does make it harder because we need each other emotionally, physically, you know, and and I know some people might be listening, thinking, but Anna, I don't know anyone that can help me. But even, you know, in my darkest time, I really struggled after my second baby. And um, and mostly the thing that made it hard was that I wouldn't accept any love or support from anyone. And I found it really helpful to go online. I found this community online through an app. And I found it easier to write my feelings down to a group of strangers than I did to speak to the people in my life who were directly there. And I don't know why. I think it it just felt easier because they couldn't really give me anything beyond, oh, my gosh, that sounds so hard. Um, so I, it, I didn't feel like a burden. But actually what it helped me do is kind of grow in confidence with that vulnerability. Um, and then I started being able to speak to people around me. But it was that perfectionism that we so often apply to motherhood. You know, we can get away. This is what I was saying at the start. We can get away with perfectionism almost prior to having children, because if anything, whilst it costs a lot and we're often burnt out and exhausted and resentful behind the scenes, it has a good outcome. We're often good at our jobs. You know, people pleasers are liked by people because you please people, even if you've got the hidden cost of what it takes to do that. But when we start applying perfectionism, to motherhood you know this is often where the wheels fall off for ourselves and our identity and we're like but I'm feeling it's like no you're not it's hard and you're you're putting a lot into it and you're doing a great job of it that bar is just too high yeah so I and have to lower that bar that's that a lot to do with social media as well isn't it because we have we you know we're faced with all of these kind of perfect families doing perfect family things in their perfect houses and as much as you know it's not the reality like we still know that I know that they're not going to show the hard moments they're not going to show the bickering or you know anything like that 
but it's still so hard not mm. to compare, especially if you're having a really bad day and you see this. I, I, you know, I do it and I'm very aware that what people post on social media a lot of the time is obviously the, the shiny parts. Mm. Um, but it's so hard to not do that, isn't it? To kind of think, well, I know they must have their bad days and their hard moments as well. So I think it does have a lot to answer for when it comes to this kind of, you know, family view that we get. I think social media is one of the most powerful, beneficial and destructive, dangerous tools of our whole generation. You know, I posted something the other day because, um, you know, I, I've got a beautiful, I've got a beautiful hallway. We moved into this house five years ago. I've got some really cool tiles and um, it looks really nice until you look at anything a little bit closer and you see the walls are so scuffed the carpet's falling apart you know there's stuff all in the corners of the room that that I've not bothered to vacuum up and it's just you know it's scruffy but if I was to take a photo of that and put it on social media it looks wonderful so I did this little reel the other day I I saw it I really liked it and it was just (laughs) you know there was my nice toilet downstairs and there are all the watermarks and toothpaste marks and the paint is peeling off the radiator. And, you know, and I took pictures of both and I said, it's, you know, it was that recognition that the closer we get, the more we see. And when we see people on social media, we're not close to them. You know, we're not in their home. We're not sitting on the sofa with them. We're not at a play date with them or a baby sensory with them or, you know, and it's then you can see and feel the life, like the realness. Yeah. Um, but it's really hard because we're hardwired to believe what we see as humans. Like this yeah. is why, you know, if you see someone do a magic trick, it's like what? It baffles us because our brains are like just we're seeing what we're seeing. And it takes a lot of energy to try and rationalize that what you're seeing isn't the full picture. And we yeah. have to do that if we want social media to feel not like it's triggering that comparison all the time we have to remind ourselves that and when we're tired and we're depleted we're pregnant or we've got a new baby that is so much harder to do so you know sometimes we're just going to be more vulnerable to that and I guess it's up to us whether we choose to put boundaries around how often we use it or who we follow or you know but even then we can't control like on social media I can't control the way that people see me I can only control what I put out there and I try and be honest but there will always be things that people will put on a pedestal or they will choose to see the best of no matter if I go on there with no makeup on looking what to me is like scruffy you know there will always be people maybe looking behind me thinking look how tidy her kitchen is yeah yeah you know? so we or even with yeah. even with your reel that you posted the meaning of it obviously was to you know if you as you just said if you look closer things aren't so like picture perfect but somebody could still be thinking oh like I re- I'd like those tiles or like what well, that's a lovely bathroom I don't have a bathroom that's nice like that yeah. so yeah I guess people are always going to be looking for yeah things that I guess mean a lot to them but and also the other thing with social media is it's as much as we can know that it's fake and not really real it, it hits us from all angles on it doesn't it it's just constant mm. so it's hard to as much as we can rationalize that it's hard to actually step away from it because it is yeah. so often and I guess as you said you just have to limit who you follow perhaps and yeah just be careful about things like that it's so it's so hard isn't it it's so hard and I think what we often do is 
we you know like frankenstein made that monster out of loads of different parts like stitched together and i think we do that with motherhood like we watch we consume stuff be it social media tv whatever and we we take all the best bits and we stitch it all together into this kind of like pin-up version of ourselves and how we should be and what we should aim towards and i'm not saying it's not good to aim to find ways and tools and resources so you can move towards being the mum you want to be but I just think that pin-up version is it's not real like it's it's not attainable and the gap between what we want to be in the reality of where we can be is you know the bigger that gap the more guilt shame um self-criticism self-sabotage all of that the, that sits in that gap um, so um, we need to make that gap smaller. We need to be thinking, what do, what do I have the energy for? What what's actually okay to me? And I yesterday um, I was thinking, I watched a reel that someone had done, and they and it was funny, and it said, you know, where are all the thirty five to forty year olds? Where are they all in life? And he showed he took he took a video of himself, kind of almost like crying, deep breathing on the toilet seat, whilst everyone outside the toilet door is going daddy daddy and it made me laugh so much because it would be so easy to look at that video and think oh my gosh those poor kids outside the toilet like they just want their dad but you also see that kind of you know that emotion and like that I just need to breathe and I thought to myself it's better to breathe in the bathroom than scream in the kitchen you know sometimes I have to step away and we can so easily feel guilty for doing that but breathing in the bathroom away from my kids when they're all wondering where the heck I've gone is much better than me scream putting pressure on myself to be there and be good and then suddenly it all erupts now I definitely erupt sometimes don't get me wrong but I'm trying to breathe in the bathroom more than scream in the kitchen so I think it's you know it's not about expecting ourselves to be perfect It's about finding little tools and things that help take some of that guilt away and give us some compassion. And yeah, there's a, we need a margin for humanness. I also think these are actually quite important things to teach kids. Oh yeah. Like it's so important to to breathe in the bathroom if you need to breathe in the bathroom. It's important that they know that, you know, we are also humans and, you know, it's perhaps, you know, not okay to be shouting at somebody constantly all day. So yeah, I think they're important messages to teach them as well. That, and particularly, I feel like I have two girls, and I've been talking about this actually recently about the the things they see in me being girls, and you know, they see me taking on that majority of the the mum role and the homemaker, and I make the meals and I clean the house and it's quite important I suppose for me to for them to know that like that's not their role like that's yeah. not necessarily their role and I'm going off on a bit of a, ta- of a tangent and maybe getting a bit too deep but it's just been something I've been thinking about recently and I guess it's it's similar it's important that we teach these things while they're 100%. little so yeah. they understand that you know it's okay it's okay to take time for yourself it's okay yeah. to have yeah. that time we don't have yeah. to be there everything all the time yeah. And that's important for them as they grow up. It's massively important. And, you know, I think often, and this is how I started out motherhood, I thought that love was to give myself away until I had nothing left. Like that's love, it's sacrificial. And you love them with everything that you have. And, 
you know if you're not collapsing into a heap at the end of the day then yeah. like how do you really love do you really have you loved enough and and I think you'll say right you know kids don't need a perfect parent because it doesn't prepare them for a very imperfect world like they need to be healthily disappointed they need to be healthily let down so in those moments I do scream in the kitchen you know it's then like how can I talk to them about that how can I say mummies shouldn't you know sometimes I'm like I'm really sorry for shouting and my son's like no no it's don't, don't worry mummy and I'm like no it's not what I want actually like oh. I don't want to shout at you um next time I want to do some deep breathing and for a minute and you know I will just sometimes say I'm just going out for a moment just do some bre- deep breathing because I, I want to be calm I want to be calm and it's not about not feeling it's just about um almost like getting a handle back on your emotions so you can articulate them in a way that is productive and helpful rather than yeah. damaging and it can be damaging sometimes there is collateral damage when I explode and this yeah. is to my husband or my kids or, or wherever so it's about yeah acknowledging your humanness and that you're going to respond to everything and and rest this is often you know a big one is that when we're rushing around doing all of the things what does that teach our children we're doing it out of love but do we yeah. want to be teaching them that this is what you do when you're growing up. You suddenly don't have fun anymore. You don't yeah. sit down and you do all the things until you collapse into a heap. No, I, I will tell my kids, I'm just going to do my yoga. Just do 10 minutes. You can watch yeah. something or go and play. Or at seven o'clock, I'm like, this is grown up resty time now. Like this yeah. is grown up time. So they can read or whatever. But if they're like messing about, I'm like, this is grown up time now. Like this is yeah. mama's rest time. And, and it's just about letting them see that you you have needs and they are important definitely yeah because we've probably learned that from our parents from their parents who you know it goes back to generational isn't it that role of particularly the mum I mean obviously men have it as well but I suppose it's particularly being that kind of female role of you know we are the caregivers and we look after the home and things like that so in order to I guess stop passing that forward yeah we need to teach them that it's okay it's okay to rest it's, it's important yeah. to rest it's good and useful to breathe and yeah. you know to learn breathing techniques because that will help them as well yeah even when they're little not just with their yeah, elder absolutely and it's all about kind of emotional regulating like feeling an emotion it's valid that's fine you're responding to something but it's much better if I regulate my emotion in that oh boys I'm feeling so grumpy today I am so tired I'm feeling so grumpy and then if they're kicking off and I'm not I you know I might say oh I'm feeling so grumpy I'm just going to do some breathing because I don't want to do shouting and because I love you and I don't want to do shouting because I'm grumpy and you know and it's all about them seeing that it's not their fault that I'm feeling that it's just a feeling I'm having about the situation and then you're teaching them the tools you know Charlie my middle child, he gets a lot of big feelings, as we call them. But sometimes he will just take himself away. And he knows that I'm there for a cuddle, but he's going away because he knows that he doesn't want to hit his brother. Sometimes yeah. he will hit his brother. But I, you know, I'm trying just to teach them in doing this for myself. And we we're there to help them regulate. Yeah. We're there to help ground them. And if we're not grounded, if we're not regulating ourselves, how the heck can we do that for them? Yeah. yeah. It's all learned, isn't it? Learned behaviour, really. So, and this goes into new motherhood as well. You know, when when babes are just the cry because that's the only language they have initially, and that's ripping. You know, it can be hard. It can be, especially if you're if 
feeling exhausted and alone or any of those things, you know, how can you meet that need so that when they're needing you, you're not just, you know, that stress response isn't being triggered quite so quickly. Yeah, it's very hard, isn't it? These first early days. Um, So the book is made up of lots of different emotions, isn't it? Um, And obviously there's lots in there and they're all just really incredibly useful emotions. Uh, But I wanted to just pick out a couple and some of them we've talked about a bit already anyway. So um, I won't talk about those ones now, but there's a couple that I feel like would be most relevant um, well, not most relevant, it's all going to be relevant for um, people that are having babies, but we don't have like five hours to talk about it all. Yeah. Um, so the first one is baby blues. And I feel mm. like this is obviously very relevant for the people that listen to this podcast. Um, so that is obviously a really um, valid and important emotion and something that I guess people know a bit about baby blues, don't they? You know, we, we sort of use the term a lot and we talk about it, but what sorts of things have you got like in the book that can help with that stage of parenting? Yeah, so I think I often think what's your norm? You know, how do you normally feel? And the baby blues is it's just like it's kind of like PMT or PMS, like ramped up a little bit. So a lot, actually. <laughs> so it's just hormonal. Like you just had a baby. Suddenly it's like a massive hormonal shift in your body. So all of the things you might normally feel when you get PMT, kind of like might be tearful, irritable. Those things are just going to come and go. And I, you know, and wonderful moments within it. I remember sitting there and just seeing my new baby's muslin cloth on the table as we were eating dinner. And I just burst into tears. I was like, I just love him. And, it, you know, it was kind of like a bit of a, a wild emotion that came out there, but it's just emotional and it's emotional because it is emotional and also because your hormones are all over the shop. So what I would say is just, if you're feeling anything for more than two weeks, that's when, you know, it's, it's worth starting to track things just to think, how am I feeling from day to day? How much of my time am I spending feeling that kind of emotional or, or low or irritable, or am I, what's my normal, how sociable am I normal? normally is there something in me that is looking forward to that or do I actually feel like I just want to retreat and shut the world out so just think about just start monitoring just become aware of of how you're feeling and expect that baby blues in the first kind of couple of weeks that's totally and utterly normal hormones all over the shop just let people just tell people you know I would say to my husband oh I just want to I just feel like crying today not I'm not sad I'm just really tearful and you know, and it, and then maybe he can warn people if they come around. Oh my gosh, she's just like she's really tearful today. Don't worry about it. Um, you know, just letting people around you know how you feel as well. Um, and and then tracking that if it goes on for a couple of weeks. And my biggest tip with kind of mental health in motherhood is that if you ever find yourself thinking, do I need like should I speak to someone? Should I speak to my health visitor? Always do it because don't worry about how many boxes you tick on any kind of you know checklist if you're wondering whether to get support or whether you'd benefit from it always start seeking it because you're always deserving of support whether that's just opening up to a friend a partner or a family member health visitor gp counselor whatever it's a massive life shift and we all benefit from more so if you find yourself wondering and pondering that do it yeah that's seek good it it's good advice yeah okay and the second emotion that I just want to talk about which again is something that is 
really relevant for um, new mums, but also for those who have got older children and also for those that are pregnant, because this also happens a lot in pregnancy, is unsolicited advice. <laughs> we get it, don't we, all the time? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I talk about it, I guess, like on courses when it comes to people's choices around their birth, you know, if they want to have a home birth or they say they're doing hypnobirthing, often people will give their opinion um, on those things. And again, it, it then goes into when the baby's born and as they get older as well. How do we deal with that? Yeah, so I think when you get a piece of advice, be it from someone in a queue in the supermarket or a friend um, who's who's experienced in, as a mum, you know, just think, I imagine like hold that bit of advice in your hand as if it's a thing, look at it and think, how does this fit with me? Like, how does it feel for me? Does it feel in line with what I, my senses that, you know, say, let's say that they've, I don't know, said, a certain sleeping approach or a weaning approach or you know I don't know it could be anything couldn't it like oh your baby your baby could be too cold right now your baby needs a blanket and you're yeah. thinking oh thank you old lady I'm just gonna look at this bit of advice in my hand here you know how does it fit with me actually I know that it's pretty warm and you know I know that they're fine I've done my reading I know how to to clothe my baby in this weather thank you very much um but I'm actually going to chuck that bit of advice you know you're not going to say this to them you might just say oh thank you because people generally give advice and they they mean well so my my response would normally be oh thanks I'll think about that or oh yeah that's a good like interesting point um obviously that's different if it's like a friend or a family member that may then kind of want to (laughs) to hold you accountable to that bit of advice that they've given you. Um, in, in which case you might have little sentences to hand, you know, think of some things like, Oh yeah, that's that. I'm really glad that worked. That, that sounds great, but actually I'm going to do it differently. Or I've, um, you know, thank you so much for sharing that with me, but actually, you know, I found something different that's working really well for us. So I'm not looking to change that. So keep it or chuck it, you know, hold it in your hand. Think actually, is this something useful? Like maybe I'm going to ponder on that. Maybe I might tweak something or actually does this not fit with me? It doesn't fit with my sense of what my child needs and what we need, in which case I'm just going to let, I'm just going to let that go. And I think it's, it's that, it's that it's beginning to cultivate that confidence in someone else's advice doesn't mean you're doing the wrong thing. You know, someone else's input doesn't mean that what you're doing is, is, is failing, you know? And, And I think the more we, the more we kind of contemplate whether that fits for us, the more confidence we nurture in not making that kind of connection between someone's giving us advice because what they think what we're doing is wrong. They might think what you're doing is wrong, but they're not you. They, they don't know they your, baby. your baby. Yeah. yeah. So you know your baby better than uh, anyone, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I always remember the um they need more layers advice yeah. <laughs> like they it always gets said and my babies were always like warm they always yeah. they hated being too hot so yeah. they were always yeah maybe slightly less stressed than another baby but that's because they didn't like it so I've always thought but I know my baby I know I know that they don't they wouldn't like that they they are happy at the moment you know yeah um so yeah it's important you, you know your baby better than yeah. anybody so yeah instinct comes into it well, I'm going to let you go soon So, because we've had a really great chat and I've really enjoyed it. But just one final question. Um, 
If you could give all new mums just one gift, what would you give them? I, oh my gosh, there's so many. (laughs) I think it would be acknowledgement of your own humanness. You know, you're one person, you have different resources and energy levels every single day due to things within and totally outside of your control even down to like how much REM sleep you had the night before. I mean, we can't control that. So your energy levels, what to expect from yourself. You're you're not going to have the same output every day. You're not going to have the same response every day. You're human. Just have some compassion for yourself. See where your standards might be a little bit beyond that or asking, well, not taking that into account. And yeah, you need people. We are created for community. And I know many of us, may listening may feel like I just don't have that community but hopefully some of the tips I've given along the way about that kind of vulnerability and just slowly opening up and being a bit more honest you know those are the things that can start building those relationships that create community and if you feel really lost then just go online and find a community there to to start practicing this um so yeah awareness of our own humanness and grace for ourselves within that Brilliant. That's good advice. Thank you. Um, so thank you so much. The book is out on the 26th of May. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will, I'm going to leave a link and everything for people to pre-order it and obviously uh, purchase it when it comes out as well um, in the description. But yeah, thank you so much. And thank you for everything that you do for um, mums and new mums. It's it's so helpful. And as I said, I've followed you for a while and, um, you know, every now and again, like definitely things that you post have been really helpful. Those little like kind of tidbits oh, of good. information. And, you know, it is it's nice knowing that, um, you know, there are other ways to kind of look at things and there are other people feeling the same way that you're feeling. So thank you so much. And for the book as well, I'm really excited to read it myself and put some of the um, things into good use with my two. I'm <laughs> um, quite looking forward to that. So well, thank um, yeah, thank you. you. And thank, thank you so for much. everything that you do in your your podcast. It's, it's just such a valuable tool and a resource, I think, oh. for anyone approaching motherhood and in those early stages and yeah, the little nuggets and the little metaphors are just things that we can take away and think about, isn't it? Without kind yeah. of being overloaded. It's just Definitely. brilliant. Thank yeah. you. Perfect. Thank you. It's been so nice to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Anna for joining me on the podcast. I had such a lovely chat. It was so nice to meet her uh, virtually and I'd followed her for a while. So it was just really a privilege that um, she came on to talk to me. And hopefully you guys will find her content interesting and helpful um, the book as we said is out on the 26th of may and um, so i will leave a link below if you're listening before that date then it'll be a pre-order link if you're listening after that date then it will be a, a purchase link um, but yeah it's one of those books that you can kind of pick up and put down as and when as i said it's called the little book of calm so it's kind of a, a smaller size book that you can um, just access as and when you need it So thank you so much to Anna um, and I will be back in two weeks time with another episode. Thank you.